Welcome to the Super Sleuth Podcast, presented by the Frostburg State University Children's Literature Center. Get ready to time travel with your hosts, Bill and Cameron, and use your detective skills to identify our mystery famous person. We'll give you 10 clues about our famous person, plus we'll give you the meanings of three vocabulary words related to our famous person. Using the 10 clues and three vocabulary words, can you identify our mystery famous person? Be sure to listen all the way through our podcast because Bill and Cameron will also have a special segment involving superheroes and will tell you all about an awesome new book. If you like our podcast, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud. Are you ready to have fun? Let's start the Super Sleuth Podcast. Hey, Cameron, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Good. This is episode seven. Why don't we talk about the person that we featured in the last episode? You want to tell people yes. who we were? So the person that we featured in last episode was none other than Benjamin Franklin. Very good. And the book that we got most of the clues from is A Ben of All Trades, The Most Inventive Boyhood of Benjamin Franklin by Michael J. Rosen and illustrated by Matt Tavares. All right, and now we're going to go over the vocabulary words. Um, so the first vocabulary word, it was a noun, and the word was polymath, and it means a person of wide-ranging knowledge or learning. Second word is a noun, a person who is learning a trade from a skilled employer having agreed to work for a fixed period at low wages, and the word is apprentice. And the last word was a noun, and the word was Chandler, and it means a dealer in supplies and equipment for ships and boats, a dealer in household items such as oil, soap, paint, and groceries. And our superhero from last time was Static Shock. And now we're going to try something new. We're going to play the audio clue that you heard the last time before we give the clues for this episode. Clue number one. Born on March 15th, 1933 in Brooklyn, New York to parents who fled Europe to escape anti-Jewish persecution. Clue number one, born on March 15, 1933, in Brooklyn, New York, to parents who fled Europe to escape anti-Jewish persecution. Clue number two, her father never finished high school, owned a fur shop until it closed, and then worked in a clothing store. Mother graduated from high school at 15 and then worked to help pay for her brother's college education. Clue number two. Her father never finished high school, owned a fur shop until it closed, and then worked in a clothing store. Mother graduated from high school at 15 and then worked to help pay for her brother's college education. Clue number three. Had a mother who loved to read, took her to the library weekly where she checked out three books. 
Her favorite were mythology and a Nancy Drew mystery. Clue number three. Had a mother who loved to read, took her to the library weekly, where she checked out three books. Her favorites were mythology and a Nancy Drew mystery. Clue number four. Even though the family had little money, her mother saved every penny so she could go to college. Clue number four. Even though the family had little money, her mother saved every penny so she could go to college. Clue number five. Once while riding in a car, she saw a sign which read, No dogs or Jews allowed. Clue number five. Once, while riding in a car, she saw a sign which read, No dogs or Jews allowed. Clue number six. She tied for the highest grades in elementary school and honors in high school, where she edited the school paper, played the cello, and once chipped a tooth twirling a baton at a football game. Clue number six, she tied for the highest grades in elementary school and honors in high school, where she edited the school paper, played the cello, and once chipped a tooth twirling a baton at a football game. Clue number seven, on the day she was to graduate from high school, her mother died. Clue number seven, on the day she was to graduate from high school, her mother died. Clue number eight, in, 19, in 1954, she graduated from Cornell University, entered Harvard Law School, one of only nine women in a class of 500. Clue number eight, in 1954, she graduated from Cornell University, entered Harvard Law School, one of only nine women in a class of 500. Clue number nine. While at Harvard Law School, she helped her sick husband Martin by attending his classes and her own classes while caring for a newborn baby. Clue number nine. While at Harvard Law School, she helped her sick husband Martin by attending his classes and her own classes while attending for a newborn baby. Clue number 10. When her husband accepted a law position, she transferred to Columbia University where she tied for first in her class Graduated and became the first tenured law professor there. Clue number 10. When her husband accepted a law position, she transferred to Columbia University, where she tied for first in her class, 
graduated and became the first tenured law professor there. Clue number 11. In 1972, appointed co-founder and director of ACLU's Women's Rights Project and continued to fight for equal rights for both men and women as a lawyer until her appointment to the U.S. Court of Appeals in 1980. In 1972, appointed co-founder and director of ACLU's Women's Rights Project and continued to fight for equal rights for both men and women as a lawyer until her appointment to the U.S. Court of Appeals in 1980. Clue number 12. In 1993 became the first Jewish woman and only the second woman in history to be appointed as a justice to the Supreme Court of the United States. Number 12. In 1993 became the first Jewish woman and only the second woman in history to be appointed as a justice to the Supreme Court of the United States. Clue number 13. Lovingly remembered as RBG. Clue number 13. Lovingly remembered as RBG. And now we're ready for the vocabulary words. The first word we're looking for is a noun. The definition is sticking to a purpose or an aim, not giving up on what one has set out to do. Once again, we're looking for a noun. And the definition is sticking to a purpose or an aim, not giving up on what one has set out to do. Clue number two is also a noun, and the definition is dislike or hatred for Jews. So once again, it is a noun, and the definition is dislike or hatred for Jews. Our last vocabulary word for today is an also a noun, and the definition is objects, documents, and facts used in a court of law to back up a legal argument. Looking for a noun, definition is objects, documents, and facts used in a court of law to back up a legal argument. And now we're going to have a special treat because we're going to, for the next three episodes, read part of a particular book, and we're lucky today to have Ellie with us from the Children's Literature Center. Go for it, Ellie. Hello, everyone. Today I will be reading a Wilcox and Griswold mystery, The Case of the Bad Apples, by Robin Newman and illustrated by Deborah Zemicki. Boys and girls, this case is about some bad apples on Ed's farm. Over 100 animals live on this farm. Most work. Some horse around, others steal. That's where I come in. My name is Detective Wilcox. I'm a police mouse. My boss is Captain Griswold. 
We're MFIs, Missing Food Investigators. It's our job to investigate cases of missing food, but strangely, in this particular case, food appeared where it wasn't expected. Whatever the food, whatever the crime, we're making the bad guys do the time. It was 7 o'clock Wednesday morning. The captain and I were finishing the paperwork on a poached egg case when the phone rang. Chapter 1. Case file number 92959. The Bad Apples. 7 a.m. Headquarters. MFI Wilcox here. This is Dr. Alberta Einswein from Whole Hog Emergency Care. What's up, Doc? I've got an interesting case. I think Porcini might have been poisoned. Poisoned, I asked. What happened? This morning, he found a gift basket of apples in front of his pen. Naturally, he pigged out. Well, he is a pig. He wolfed down most of the apples, cores, seeds, and part of the basket, too. Then he got sick as a dog. Thing is, he's not a dog. A pig like him shouldn't have gotten sick from eating apples. Lucky for him, an anonymous squealer called Swan 11 for help. Did you run a tox screen? Tox screen. That's police talk for a test that checks for presence of poisons. I'm off to do that now, said Dr. Einswein. Porcini is still green around the gills, but stable and resting in his pen. I hope the MFI can get some answers. We're on it. Captain, we've got a code 22. Attempted ham slaughter. We hopped in the cruiser and the captain turned on the siren. Rush hour traffic was heavy. Road hogs. There was squealing, oinking, and grunting, but they finally let us pass. Typical road hogs. Typical indeed. Chapter 2. The Crime Scene. 7.20 a.m. Porcini's pen. Detectives, you've, you've got to save my bacon, squealed Porcini. Give me the facts and just the facts, I said, pulling out my notepad and pen. Right after Colonel Peck crowded, my sensational snout picked up the smell of delicious apples. Aren't delicious apples red, I asked, pointing at a chewed up green apple on the ground. Oh, I didn't mean red delicious apples. I meant delicious as in yummy. My snout led me straight to the basket of apples. What did you do then? I went hog wild and made a pig of myself, wouldn't you? The captain flashed me on his no way I'm a mouse look. Everyone knows an apple a day keeps the doctor away. I figured I'd be as healthy as an ox if I ate the whole basket. and Instead, my tummy hurts. Any idea who left the apples and why, I asked. Everyone's been mad because I beefed up Penn's security. Everyone, I questioned. Who's everyone? Sweet Pea, the new piglet next door, Herman, the vermin, and the dirty rat and hot dog. They've been asking, squeaking into my pen and squealing, stealing my food, oinked Porcini. Look at me. I'm skinnier than a string bean. I looked. Porcini was a little green, but he didn't look anything like a string bean. I had to do something. First, I locked the door between my pen and sweet peas. Next, I covered the holes Herman had dug. Then I put in an alarm that rang whenever hog, hot dog or anyone else was poking around my slop. 
What about video cameras, I asked. A video might have picked up an image of the perp. I guess I should have installed those too. Owie, my tummy hurts, Porcini groaned. Anyone who might have seen who left the basket, I asked. Check with Sweet Pea next door. The captain inspected the basket. It could easily hold half a bushel of apples, about 34 medium-sized apples. With the bow on the handle, it looked like a gift. But who was it from? Four apples were left. The captain's whisker twitched. I knew what that meant. Granny Smith apples for sure. These items were evidence. They needed to be labeled and bagged carefully. The captain taped off the crime scene and dusted for prints while I took photographs. Captain, did you see this? Hoof, claw, and paw prints? I did a quick ske sketch of in my notepad showing the location and direction of the prints. Thanks, Porcini. We have, we have what we need for now. I shut my notepad. Feel better. We, have, we made a quick stop at headquarters to drop off the evidence at the forensics lab. Forensics lab, a place where evidence is examined. Then it was time to grill suspects. Captain, I said, if Porcini was poisoned, some rotten apple went, it went to a lot of trouble to get rid of him. Some rotten apple indeed. Thank you, Ellie. And on our next episode, she will continue reading this book. Now it's time for Cameron to give us a clue about this episode's superhero. Yes. So on this episode, um, the superhero of the week is going to be one of my personal heroes. Because um, not only are superheroes like, you know, in the comics, you know, real people can be superheroes. So um, my real-life superhero, he was the coach of the Indianapolis Colts, and he is in the he um, made the Hall of Fame in 2016, and he played for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So um, if you have any guesses as to who our mystery superhero person is or who our mystery person is, um, feel free to send us an email. Um, and then also make sure to listen to us on SoundCloud and other places where our podcast is found. Thank you, Cameron. And now we need a clue for the next episode. Tell me something, Cameron. Do you know of a professional athlete that has played, well, he ran track, and he played every major professional sport, basketball, football, and baseball. No, know? I can't think of anybody that did that. Well, if you listen to the clues for the next episode, you will find out that this Native American did that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. It's been fun, Super Sleuths. Now make sure to submit your answers to who you believe is our mystery famous person and the three vocabulary words. Also, be sure to look for future episodes of the Super Sleuth podcast on SoundCloud. And if you have any questions or comments, you can contact us on our SoundCloud page. Please join Bill and Cameron again for more time traveling. And in the meantime, great job, Super Sleuths. Super Sleuths.